Welcome back to Create Space, a podcast that finds joy in the art of storytelling. I am so thrilled to share today's conversation with you. Executive Director of Heroes Academy, Kyle Ellison, discusses with us what it means to take control of the narrative and to write your own story. Now, more specifically, he talks about what that means to a child. Heroes Academy is a youth mentoring program that was built to help break down barriers and to empower our youth to really become the heroes of their own story. Kyle Ellison has no problem shaking things up, redefining the rules, and rewriting the entire script. And now he's teaching future generations to do the same. Let's get into it. Today, we are welcoming Kyle Ellison to the show. Kyle is the executive director of Heroes Academy, and I will say that I think you're one of the most interesting, passionate, and just engaging people that I know. You know, I've known you for a lot of years, but what I love is that you're always out here shaking things up, you know, rewriting the script. You're doing things differently, and I think that's so interesting. So first of all, let me say thank you. I'm really honored that you are here today. Thank you. No, I'm happy to be here. Like, woohoo! Excited. Oh boy, we got a woohoo out of Kyle. That's yeah. a big deal, y'all. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start you in reverse chronological order, okay? So eventually I want to get to how you became the person who does everything that you do. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, let's talk about what it is that you do. So can you just tell us about Heroes Academy, what it is, and maybe what its value is to Wichita or what it provides to our community? Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for having me, seriously. You're welcome. Um, Heroes Academy, youth mentoring organization, third through eighth grade, boys and girls. Uh, and ultimately, I mean, in the most simplest version of it is that we help young people find passion. Um, and we really help them find the passion and then simplify it in a really complicated world. Um, and we do it through three different ways. You know, when you look at things that we're doing on social media, or if you visit in person, you'll see three elements um, of that finding passion. And one of them are, um, the first thing is providing like meaningful life events for them. Um, The second thing is offering an ability to change their life circumstances. And then the third one is opportunities to serve other people. And studies show that if you have those three elements in just people in general, um, but definitely young people, somehow through those, that combination of things, they find out their purpose in life and once people have purpose in life, you know, especially if you're depending on your circumstances or situation, if you can figure out the purpose part, it, it helps simplify a lot of other things and helps you kind of clear out some of the distortion and the noise that that happens in life. So, Absolutely. And I find it interesting that you use words like find and discover and I um, can't remember what the other words in there, but they were all these like active verbs instead of saying you know, teach them this or give them that or do this for them, that everything that you do. And I think that this is I think this is you shaking things up a little bit. It's different than just telling the kids this is what you should be doing. I'm going to show you how to do it. So tell me about how you empower them to find things out on their own and, and find their own purpose, whatever that is. So interesting you point that out. I've never I've never noticed that myself. actually. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, Yeah, I like that. Thank you. I think that when when you say that, what I think about is like self-discovery Absolutely. is important, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, I had to give a speech um, a couple of weeks ago and I had to talk about the word empower, you know, and it's interesting. Um, let me make sure I say this right. When you look it up, empower says to 
give someone the opportunity to do something is the definition. And I say to your point of challenging, shaking things up, I think the word give is is wrong to empower somebody. I think all you can do is offer them the opportunity to do something because if you're really empowering them, then it's their choice. Right. You know, and that's so, a big semantic difference, actually. Huge. Wow. Right. And so you think about in your life or anybody that we know, if someone offered you an opportunity, a job or offered you a friendship or offered you five dollars, like you have a choice. Yes. And when we give or we teach or we you know, when it comes to empowerment or or just making an impact on somebody, when we it it, it makes it like we're still the one in the position of the power and we're mm-hmm. trying to hand it off. And if you're really empowering, you're saying, no, you have the power. You have it right now. And that's the difference in what we do and um, what I see a lot of times in other situations. It sounds more like empowering versus, say, imposing mm-hmm. on someone. That's good. I like that. Now, now let's go back now that we have the foundation. So I know youth development has been a big passion of yours since you were a youth, right? Since you were what, 16. Yeah. So tell us that story. Tell us how it started for you. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that it was something I was into. Um, my upbringing was definitely not an easy one at all. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter is when I was 16 years old, uh, my mom had kicked me out the house and left me on my dad's front porch. And my dad at the time was the treasurer for a nonprofit in town called Hope Street Youth Development. Now, I didn't know what either of those things, like I didn't know what they, like what a treasurer was. I know what Hope Street did. Um, but it was like one of the greatest, he made me go. He was like, oh, you, like, you have to go to this. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think at the organization, I think they liked how I spoke and how I carried myself. And so they're like, hey, you know, I mean, like it wasn't long. They're like, you want to be the president of this? And I'm like, what? <laughs> And um, okay. yeah, so then we just started doing really cool things to make the community better and, and helping other people. And um, and we were kids doing it, which was a really interesting concept to me that they again, like they gave or offered us the power and a platform. It just it was so simple to me. You mm-hmm. know, I wish back then I had realized how simple it was and that like I like I felt a sense of a calling in that. But I didn't recognize it. So I still went through and did all these other things from then till the time I was 30, you know, Um, but it was it I was shown very early like, yo, this is this is where you're supposed to be. The seed was planted then. Yeah. And then it was kind of waiting for the timing to be right. Yeah. You know, and here this is what's so funny about that story. (laughs) I knew you did Hope Street Youth Development. I did not know all of the back. The the part of that story that I know is that that's how your wife found you and trapped you. As yeah. she likes to say, is that she literally saw you on TV, I think, yeah. like for the organization and went, that guy's really cute. Uh-huh. I kind of like him. <laughs> Wonder what Hope Street is. Maybe I'll get involved. Yeah. And then she went on and wooed you. And now here you are, however many years later, what, yeah. married, what, 13 years? I think? Yeah, I'm just is that about, right? Yeah. Because I think you're one year ahead of us. Yeah. But so that's interesting to me because I always kind of wondered, like, why was a 16 year old interested in youth development when mm-hmm. you're still a youth yourself? So I didn't know that, that, you know, you were kind of made to go there, but yeah. then saw the power in it or, or the mm-hmm. intrigue in it, at least at that time mm-hmm. and said, Hmm, there's something here. Yeah. That's one, you know, it's funny you said about uh, my wife and that's, that's one 
Mate, um, interesting recruiting tactic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about the ethical implications yeah, behind yeah. it, but uh, they put me on the news. Let's see what they were doing now. <laughs> it's my favorite story, and she'll probably kill me for telling. No, that's not even true. She'd be proud yeah. for me to tell that. Oh, yeah. She's still proud of that. Yeah, I she think. loves that story. <laughs> okay, now. You alluded to this a little bit uh, before, but something that I've heard you say a lot when people ask you, you know, why Heroes Academy? Why are you into, you know, working with youth development? All of this is you say, I understand these kids because I was this kid. Right. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean when you say you were those kids that you work with now? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I think when I look back or even today, like when I look at kids and we talk to them or we, even when I'm in the schools, for me, it's really a feeling. Like it's a feeling thing. It's not so much what they say. Sometimes it's like what they don't say. And I just, I remember as a kid with the different things I had to grow up through, um, what I could talk about, what I didn't feel like I could talk about. And I, I recognize that energy um, yeah. off of a kid, you know, and, and it's not that all the kids have to be going through like the worst, whether it's like abuse or physical abuse or like, um, you know, dr- substance abuse, you know, it doesn't have to be to those levels, but, you know, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, the work we do, um, people ask like, man, you know, you guys work with kids, it's gotta be tough. And I'm like, no, the kids are the simple part. I say this all the time, like the kids are easy. I'm like, it's the systems and the circumstances that are tough, Yeah, you know? And so, that energy that the kids project, like I can feel that and um, because I can relate to it and I know what it's like to feel powerless and to feel um, restricted and limited in life, but to also have this desire and just this innate thing to say, nah, there's more meant for me than maybe what my current situation is showing. And yeah, I just wanna help them, help them figure out that window to climb through so they can then run you know, and get there. So you can see what they're holding back Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said window to climb through. Like everybody else in the world would say, find that door to open, yeah. but not you. You're like, nope, you know what? You can get there creatively. If you climb through a window, yeah. if that's what you got to do, you do it. Yeah. Sometimes the space ain't as big as a door. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, 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 it's a window, you know, <laughs> or a little, a hole or a tunnel, whatever it is to get you there, we got to get there, you know, but <laughs> So that's a perfect example of, and and I got this straight from the about section on the website. It uh-huh. says you're not a typical executive, yeah. and you were never meant to be. <laughs> and it, I mean, the second I read it, I was like, "Yep, that's a hundred percent true." So, and I love that because you pride yourself in that, right? It's something that makes you who you are. So, tell me how you move differently in this space, and what that looks like when you do that. Thanks. That's a great question. You know, uh, it's interesting you asked that because right now I'm kind of just personally kind of going through a transition even to um, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine, Cameron Morgan, like literally before I got here. And I no was way. telling him, yeah, about like um, I get I get that a lot from people. And I, I, I do appreciate like people in the same walk as me or the same space and in industry. And um, it does feel like sometimes I have, I guess, a sense to, or the ability to move how I choose to move and, and do those things. But, you know, sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I think I want to like, if it, it, it comes with a cost too. And I think that's the part people don't, you know, always understand or, or recognize. And so, yeah, like, I mean, you know, even just from simple things of like how you, like these things people comment to me about like how I choose to dress or um, carry myself in, in certain rooms and situations. And it's, it's cool. But I also, I'm like, yeah, but you know, sometimes like, I don't think I can say I don't think I always make the best choice in that. 
And sometimes I think that I hurt either myself or the organization, which in turn means like or ultimately these kids. So there's some things I'm like kind of tweaking right now, even, sure. you know, with myself to um, just to, to do better and be better ultimately for the end, end goal, the end result. But to answer your question, I'm sorry, I just had to give that because no, it's, it's fresh okay. on my heart. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, when I when we talked about earlier with. I was exposed to this at 16 and I did these other things. Those other things were amazing opportunities that shaped me into the person I am now. Right. And so, like, I get to be in this space. Like, I love business, right? Like, business is really my thing, but I love kids. And it's amazing to be in this space where I am in the business of helping kids. And that's how I see it. And I've been through corporate, you know, um, I used to do music. And so I've just seen different industries and all of those things have shaped me into the person I am. And so I think that sometimes I see differences and, you know, I didn't find I didn't I wasn't the founder, you know, of Real Men, Real Heroes before we made it Heroes Academy. Right. So I don't have I didn't have that kind of thing. It's not my baby, um, but, you know, some really cool people trusted me to come in and and them hand their baby off, you know? And so um, I think it took a few years for me to realize that like I have something unique to offer to this space and my, I'm my own individual and I don't have to like per se conform to the personalities or the stigma of my role and that I can maybe bring something a little different to the table and then hopefully show other people that they can bring their unique authentic self to the table too so i don't know that's just how i see it it's, it's hard to explain sometimes but you know luckily people um allow me to be me and hopefully what what i hope in the long term with that is that not just kids but even like my peers see that and that the people that we interact with can say well dang if kyle is like this maybe this person is too like maybe there's a a, a door that opens right. up or a window whatever or a window. Yeah. whatever you got <laughs> Well, I appreciate, honestly, that answer, because I mean, I think you covered a lot of things. One, the organization did for you what you're doing for kids. You know, they didn't say this is what we want you to be. They said, hey, we see the potential in you. We see the energy in you. We see something there that's, yes, different from what we've had, but we think there's something to that and we're willing to take a risk on you and let you try it. And so that's kind of one half of it is that there's there's this big parallel mm -hmm. between your journey as executive director and the kids journey of finding their own way. But then also the fact that you are willing to be honest enough with us to admit that sometimes it feels weird to be, I mean, being anti-status quo is hard, right? Yeah. And that's, that's something that's always drawn me to you is that I tend to be very, okay, what is expected of me? You know, yeah. and in my thirties now I'm working on that. I'm getting <laughs> rid of the you know, societal conditioning, yeah. but I've always been impressed by the way that you just are you. So to hear that even someone like Kyle Ellison still occasionally has moments of, was that right? Was that yeah. what I should have done? Did I, you know, did I move correctly in that space is refreshing and honest. And I appreciate that you were willing to offer that into the conversation. Well, so cool. I'm glad thank you. <laughs> yes. yeah, you know, people have no idea on that note. Like I'm going to something and sitting in my car for like 10, 15 minutes and thinking, Am I going to wear, you know, like I'm going to throw this blazer on, but I'm not going to have a shirt underneath. Right. And something like just something ridiculous as that <laughs> and sitting there for 10. But then having the shirt hanging up in the back in case I'm like, nah, I'm not I, I'm not bold enough like, to do it. I'm not ready to go there. Yeah. <laughs> but then and I sit there and I'm just it's just me and I'm like, I'm going to do it. But people people don't never see the part before. And then when I do it, I'm, I'm committed. So I'm 
and people are like, oh, wow, he's really... But it took it. I had to build myself up. <laughs> You're literally blowing my mind right now because I honestly, maybe it's silly, especially because I've known you for a long time. But I literally thought you were just always that confident. Like yeah. I just kind of thought that's you were blessed with that somehow. Thanks. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I think it's cool on this point. Like if the kids, like, will say like if this were ever a clip or something, like then for them because I, I think you know I have an old song. I say something about like. Um, everybody stays for the highlights. And so I think sometimes, like, we get, and especially, like, social media, right? Like, we know each other personally, but people see just, like, what you want them to see, but they don't see the struggles. And so I think it's important for people to share, like, even once they reach whatever different levels and stuff, but people should share some more of those, so that kids or or people can say, oh, we're not that far off or we're not that different. And if if, if he or she can work past that, why can't I, you know, yeah. maybe. Yeah, there's an, an openness or a vulnerability to that. And that's always a fine line because, you know, there's also the opposite side of people who air all their dirty laundry out, yeah. you know, yeah. and you don't want to go that far. No, so, <laughs> yeah, but there's something to what you're saying for sure. Now, you mentioned a second ago that you started as executive director of Real Men, Real Heroes, mm-hmm. right? So that's what the organization was. Then you, your baby, it, it went from their baby to, <laughs> to your dream of becoming Heroes Academy. Yeah. And that was a big deal. I remember us kind of talking about it, mm-hmm. um, and it was a big deal. I mean, it's the core values, of course, are the same, but mm-hmm. it's wildly different than yeah. what Real Heroes, Real Men, Real Heroes has been. So talk to us about that vision. What made you say, yes, this is the direction that I think we need to go, um, and what gave you the confidence to pursue that big of a rebrand? Yeah. And what is the rebrand, I guess we should say, too. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, Heroes Academy, you know, the biggest or one of the largest differences that it's boys and, and girls versus right. it just being boys. And then in addition to that, we dropped the high school component and just made it third through eighth grade. And then we partnered with an amazing organization called Riser for Youth, who had who has a very strong presence in the high schools and with high school kids. And if anybody, you know, is in our space, you know, you'll. It's difficult what you what you would put together from a programming standpoint, branding and marketing for an eight year old, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen year old, and what you put together for a sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old are like really drastically different things. Absolutely, whole different places in life. Absolutely, right. The conversations yeah. are different. Like what appeals to you is different. And so, first starting out with that drop in the high school program you know, was just a matter of, you know, you're going out to funders and partners and investors and people are like, what's the difference? And you're like, you, you spend, and I know for me personally, like spent the first two, three years trying to really combat that, the similarity. Well, here's why we're different and here's what they do versus what we do. And then at some point, it was during COVID, it was like, well, man, maybe like versus that fight, like is this always a constant everyday battle? It's like, well, maybe like what's the, maybe there's a, um, maybe it'd be easier to just accept it Right. You know, and embrace it. Embrace it. And uh, so that that's where <laughs> getting so excited. He's yeah, smacking his microphone. I know that's where those conversations took place. Um, and then from the, the, the name and, and moving it to boys and girls, it just took um, when the team um, we were looking at our programming and we were like, you know, the stuff that we're offering young people is not exclusive to boys. Like we didn't feel like anything in the program was like, oh, this is a, a boys thing, you know, and. We were like, well, why wouldn't girls, like girls could benefit from this too. And then for me personally, you know, being somebody who, I mean, I grew up with just my mom and my sister. And then now to be, you know, married, my wife and a daughter. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, I, I don't, I never claim to be able to um, 
relate and see the world through a woman's eyes, you know. But I think I have a, a really unique or appreciation and for the perspective of women because I've always been around women and seen things that women also go through. Right. And it's a, it can be a hard, cruel world for women, no different than a black boy, you know, or black men. Um, and not to say it's equal or anything like that, but it's like, like the things we're teaching and find like, why would they not, you know, be able to, to benefit from this? And I think one thing that's really unique about us is that we don't separate, you know, the kids either. Like, it's not like we have the boys over here and the girls over here. We, we do everything together and I have my own personal theory and thoughts and no studies or nothing, but I do, I tell people this, I'm like, you know, obviously we all know domestic violence is really high and divorce rates are really high. And I just think about outside of like school and maybe like band and stuff, like some a couple extracurricular activities, boys and girls are always separated. It's true. You yeah. know, and then in school, like you're not supposed to really talk, right? <laughs> so then I think about I'm like, so we spend all our lives kind of siloed off. And then at some point we're supposed to come together and just make it work in this one household. And and I'm supposed to understand how you think and why well, I was taught this growing up or you were taught that growing up. And so I just think, you know, that maybe there's an opportunity to do have more things together. And maybe yeah. we can hope or hope to um, or maybe we can help. That's what I really want to say. Help those numbers come down and just help relationships between people. Because I think the biggest thing I'd say besides boys and girls is that we just see it as a human element. You know, we're just helping people and helping kids. Like, doesn't, whatever you, you know, people want to get into like classifications or um, identification and things like that. And I'm like, man, we just want to help kids, you know, and help, help them become good people and, you know, just have the best life they can have. So could you share some stories with us or moments or things that, rise to the top of your mind when you're thinking about the success of your time here and um, just any specific moments with kids that have gone made you go yes this is this is I'm in the right place yeah yeah I'm sure you have lots to choose from there yeah no it's cool um there are but I got a couple that that you know so we moved so when when I first came um the organization worked at a Chester Lewis Academy which ironically was where I went to high school, but it was Northeast Magnet at that time. And so oh, when right. I first got the job, my office was in my old high school. It was kind of a mind mind warp for me, you know. Some nostalgia there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't love high school, so, you know. So. <laughs> Maybe not good nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember, um, so we, we, we left there, and now we're downtown. We office downtown. Mm-hmm. And one of my, like, coolest moments to me was, you know, so if you grow up here and if you, especially if you grow up, um, similar to how I did, like a lot of people, you know, for, for various reasons, um, have the mindset that Wichita downtown, Wichita is not for you. Like you can't go there. It's not, you know, whether it's race or whether it's, oh, you're just, you're not a, a social status enough, you know, type of thing. And so when we moved downtown, I remember riding down an elevator with one of our kids and him, there's two kids actually in two different scenarios, but one was like, man, I've never been down here before. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, my mom has no reason to come downtown. And so it's really cool. Like, oh, now she does, right? Yeah. Um, and then another kid who we are in the building, he's like, is this ours now? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, and like the excitement. Because like now he, what I what I felt from that moment was like now he had this sense of ownership. Yes. You know, in a piece of downtown, in a place where perception is we're not supposed to be there, you know. And so I, I just really, you know, love like that and opening up people's minds and opening up um, 
opportunity, you know, for things that we just feel isn't possible, you know. And when these things happen, what I see, this is the truth, I see, well, no, you talked earlier about, like, I, you know, I, I was these kids, you mm-hmm. know. I just see various versions of myself receiving, you know. I, and that one, there's that quote cliche, you know, be be somebody for the world or be be what you didn't have when you were growing up or whatever. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't see it that, like, I don't operate under that. But I can say when we do some of the things we do and I see the kids' reactions, I just see different versions of myself, you know, getting yeah. those experiences and things. Um, horseback riding, you know, when we take the kids to do that, they've never been on a horse before, you know, scared. I mean, obviously, like, it's a big old animal, but then they're on it. And they're so brave. Like, I never, I don't care. I don't know if somebody would have gave me that opportunity. I, th- I think I'm sure I had opportunities. I didn't, I didn't do it. You know, I was scared. I yeah. didn't get on a horse when I was 30 years old. You yeah, know? that's so, right. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. You were an adult when you first did that. Yeah. So I just, these kids are just brave and things that are something, in my opinion, if you're fearful about something and then you conquer it, then it's like, well, what other fears can I conquer? You know what I mean? And, it's a um, launch pad almost. Yep. So those are just a couple examples, but yeah. You know, and to, to go back to something that you said earlier, you said, you know, that Chester Lewis was where you went to high school. And in the phrasing there, you didn't say, like, that was my high school. You said, that's where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. And to take that comparison of how you felt versus, is this ours now? Mm-hmm. In realizing, you know, that that kid's never going to say, oh, this is where I went to, you know, my mentorship program. They're yeah. going to say, this was my mentorship program. This was yeah. mine. This That's is where cool. I grew up. This is where I, you know, and so again, semantic differences, but I can feel the difference in that terminology. And I feel like that's what you felt from that kid, that there really yeah. was a sense of ownership that you didn't have, that many of us didn't have, right? Yeah. That again, it was the adult's place and then the kids went in and got the wisdom and left. And this is the kid's place yeah. where the adults are learning just as much as the kids are. Absolutely. I like that you picked up on that. That's cool. So, okay. So for people listening who might be intrigued, might be interested, might be just sitting here thinking, yeah, I see the need. I I have an urge um, to help in some way, Mm -hmm. whether that's through Heroes Academy or in some other capacity. What advice or guidance would you have for someone to get involved in youth development in the Wichita kind of metro area? Yeah, Um, I think if if someone's driven to that, you know, they should. And there's so many opportunities, so many organizations. Um, I'd, I'd say that. Um, one way, you know, the school district first, like just first and foremost, I mean, teachers and, and they need subs. And, you know, if you have a desire to, you know, and especially if, if you come from a demographic where they don't see a lot of people that look like you. Right. Then like you should definitely do it because it's, it's just big. You know, these kids, when we go into these schools um, and, you know, our, our volunteer base is, is a wide range now because it's men and women, you know, and so um you know, when you go into these schools and these kids see somebody that looks like them or that they identify with for whatever reason, it just it changes their whole day. And people don't realize like how much impact that just has on behavior and how much they're engaged in the classroom and their grades and things like that. Um, so school district. But then outside of that, I think that the 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 number one thing I'd say if someone wanted to get involved with youth and you know with a youth organization is finding one that's values really align with with them personally because it's not enough to just be like oh man i'm just really i love what i see on social media with heroes academy i want to go there you know it's not like it's not just that you know right. we've had we've seen where people come and 
like they don't realize how much work goes into it. You know, one of our favorite things that we heard from a parent is how thought, like, uh, which I thought they, that they felt was a separation between us and other organizations, how thoughtful that we are. Like we're, um, and, and I loved it because I was like, wow, I never would have, I, I knew that, but for someone to inter- take what we do as a parent and be able to say to us, like, you can just tell you guys put so much thought into everything that these kids are doing. Right. Um, and we do. Um, and our values and there's the principles, the things that matter to us. Um, but that might not align or matter to you as a volunteer, you know, and or you might like, oh, man, like I love what they do, but I'm not trying to put this much effort into it. You know, and that's OK. Right. Yeah. Um, but I say to find, you know, look at um, organizations and, and even and beyond their mission statement, like look at their values and their principles and even have a conversation with the staff that works there at these different places and then figure out where you where you best fit. You know, um, I think and I think with us, we are, I'd say, probably from what our people see us as and we're fine with that, like we're, we're different, like we think different. We like to move different. We do different. Um, we're not, we don't try to be status quo. And, you know, if that's for some people, that's not, you know, the, the road or the car they want to get into. And again, that's okay, but there's other cars that fit them. And so I just think it's about aligning yourself personally to an organization that, that mirrors you, you know, at home, you as an individual. You know, and as you're saying that, I'm realizing that I want to ask you this question, which I didn't actually have on my list, but, you know, we've been talking about a lot about you and your leadership and your, um, the way that you got where you are and all of that. But I would be remiss not to mention your team and have you talk a little bit about them because I know that you are again, very thoughtful and very intentional about who you bring on with you. And I, I have heard you say many times when I've complimented you on something, you're like, well, Hey, that was actually so-and-so, or that was so-and-so. So tell me about the other people besides yourself that make Heroes Academy what it is. I appreciate that. No one ever asked that, you know. <laughs> people always think that it's just, you know, like it's the one person. Um, yeah. Uh, and earlier when you asked me something, I was gunning. I, I just choked. Because sometimes my, sometimes my team would be like, ah, did you have to? So I was, <laughs> So I actually just chose not to earlier. But, yeah, I mean, you know, um, first you got uh, Janice, um, who she's now our director of operations. She started out as a, a part-time um, program coordinator and administrative assistant and then went program manager to now director of operations and um, slash or in parentheses director of youth development, if you will. But, um, you know, we came in, you know, this month is my five-year anniversary actually wow. of the organization. Yeah. And uh, so we came in about the same time. She came in probably um, – four months after me. And so a lot of it's like we, I feel like we built a lot of this together, you know, with obviously like support, like the board and and different people. But um, so Janice, I mean, a lot of the the stuff you see, the creativity in our programming and the, the, the experiences these kids are getting, you know, she came up with that stuff um, or we came up with some of the things collectively, but majority of it really was her. And then um, one of my, one of our mentors and a staff on, on uh, our organization, Bobby Bell, um, you know, he's the one you'll see at most of the schools um, or out at community day events. And, you know, the thing about him that's cool is like he really lives this. Like it, it doesn't have to be Heroes Academy related. You can go somewhere and you'll see him volunteering his time or him working with the kids. And um, he's I mean, we've seen a lot of turnover or just, you know, just because life. Um, but he's been a, a constant, which is amazing. And then recently we brought on um, Marion. 
who started out at front desk and now she's like doing a lot of the leg work and being hands on um, in the development and the programming of these kids. And I definitely hope that she tends to stay on long term um, as well with us. But yeah, it's, it's 100 percent a collective effort. And then the volunteers, the people who do have the time. Um, to give to these kids in school and just pour, pour back in, pour back in, pour back in. You know, the the two largest components, to be honest, if I weren't here, this organization could still exist, you know, and, and the two important parts are that you have the mentors, and you got to have the mentees. You know, the rest of it can kind of, you know, not be there. Obviously, guidance and direction helps and, and stuff like that, but it, it's 100% a team effort for yeah. sure. Awesome. Thank you for talking about that, because I I feel like there have been many times in our history together that I have brought up something about Heroes Academy and you have diverted to, well, that's the team, that's the team. And uh, and I I love that about you. And I think it's great that that um, you see it that way, that I've noticed that you've answered a few of my questions by saying, well, what we do rarely is it I. It's almost always we. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just a mind shift that um, or a mindset rather that you have that is is really cool. And probably does build a strong team because when you see the person at the top being all of it, Mm -hmm. then if that person leaves, if anything happens, um, you don't have the ownership, you don't have the buy-in, you don't have the brilliant ideas coming from the workers, right? The people who are making it happen. So um, I think that's cool to hear you talk about. And I've heard you talk about Janice a billion times about that she's just brilliant and does so much amazing work. Yeah. So we've had kind of a, a, you know, a robust conversation so far, but I would love to ask you if there is anything additional that you would like to add before we close up, anything that people cannot stop listening to this episode without hearing about you or about Heroes Academy or about any of that, anything that you just really want to make sure that you share. Yeah, I think that just for people to understand that because everyone relates to this part. And this was something, I guess, to go back to the Heroes Academy and in our mindset, you know, no matter who you are, um, where you're from, whatever walk of life, like everybody's been in a situation once or maybe more than once at some point in their life where they had to become the hero of their own story. And that's what we do with these kids. It's not a bunch of men and women coming into their lives to save them. We really believe that the kids intrinsically already have the superpowers necessary to be successful and we just we treat it like x-men and we're just helping them develop their powers hope with the hope that they use them for good but for them to save themselves like we're nobody's saviors we're not, everyone's like we're not perfect we don't try to pretend to be something that we're not um, but we do know a little bit about helping kids become the best versions of themselves and then them pursuing their journey. It's not our journey. We're not, oh, you got to do it this way or that way, college or military or all these are options and all these are available to you and you have it in you to be successful in those things. So if you identify with that and you understand like, yeah, no, yeah, you have to be the hero of your own story sometimes, support us, whether and it's, you know, whether it's volunteering, whether it's contributing and giving, you know, to us um, as individuals and um, financially, you know, it's all a big help. Yeah, join us. Join us. Right? You know it, that's the slogan. I know it, I know it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been awesome to have you here. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy, and I am just really honored that you um, came to talk to us. Well, I'm honored that you allowed me to come. And, you know, 
it's truly a privilege. I really mean this. You know, I, I actually sometimes I'm like, why people don't hit me up like to come to speak at things. So when people do, I, I, I really value it and I appreciate it. And thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Kyle, for the thoughtful and candid conversation. And thank you to every single one of you who are listening. This wraps up episode 20 of the Create Space podcast. 20. I can hardly even believe it. So if you're out there listening, please do me a favor if you wouldn't mind. Take a minute just at some point this week when it fits into your schedule and share this episode with somebody you know. Whether that is sharing the episode post on Facebook or Instagram or maybe you text the episode link to a friend of yours or a family member. If you are enjoying Create Space and you have a little time and would be willing to share it, I would be so grateful. And as always, I'll see you back here same time, same place next week on Create Space. Mm -hmm.